Baylor men's basketball, not well. Keontae George knocks off Washington State in Dallas. Was it pretty? No. But like your dad probably says, a win is a win on Locked on Baylor. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that, but I'm really... You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, alongside Brandon McKinnon from uh, from our Daily Bears. Brandon and I, I, I want to thank you and everybody else out there for making Locked On Baylor their first listen every single day. I want to make note of a couple things before we begin today's podcast, one being to those who are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of those, thank you for not watching today's show. For those who are watching today's show, yes, beats beats by Drake today. Um, I am home, and most of my equipment did not make it home. I don't know if you can see, but I'm, I'm my, my microphone's floating. There's no mic stand, and I'm wearing gaudy beats that I got in middle school, probably seventh grade. Uh, but Brandon, I, I, I deserve that. After the way that Baylor played basketball, I deserve to look like this. Yeah, for anyone listening on Spotify, Apple, any of those podcast networks, it's worth going over to YouTube and watching watching this episode um, because we have some fantastic wall art in the background, some great beats by Drake. It's just and like it's really two thousand three <laughs> wall art in the background. It's it, not it, even my bedroom, my brother's room, but it's, it's like terrible. Quintessential rooms to go, um, but oh. we love we love Bologna, um, but no. It, it, on on basketball, you know, the game came and went. I think when we chatted last week, we we said that we thought perhaps the guys would come out a little bit slow in the first half, kicking off some rust from the 12-day break, playing those new stadiums. You know, it's always weird. Like, it seems like in the big games, the guys on both sides come out slow. Um, yeah. But what we did not expect is for that to potentially continue in this game a single digit outcome so you know the line was 10 and a half we won by six but i guess a win is a win like you said i don't know drake what'd you see hopefully that that is oh yeah yeah it's the perspective like all right it's it's a win in your you're eight and two now instead of seven and three which was the the you know other outcome of the two uh but this i want to be very clear here that this was supposed to start as a keontae george praise and i i do want to get into keontae george a lot here but brendan i'll kind of go into what we'll get in the rest of the show by saying washington state's a bad basketball team it's not like baylor was playing a good team like oh you know class on class tonight washington state like i if you watched the game um you could see they're not the most athletic or fundamentally sound or generally good or i could probably keep going it was like oh what are they going to do on this possession probably shoot a three that's exactly what they did they most of the time didn't really go in and baylor still looked out of sorts defensively a lot of times tonight if not for keontae george this game does certainly go a lot differently yeah i think the defense struggled at times, but on the whole, like, yes, Washington State is not good, but I think we saw some good moments from the defense. Um, there were a few weird scheme things that I was curious about, and I, I think mm. everyone's favorite broadcaster, Fran Frischilli, even pointed out, it was very curious why we were doubling in the post on almost every possession, and a lot of those caused kind of late rotations. Like, we were we were doubling Flagler down and helping, and I know Flo was in foul trouble, maybe that's why, but we were even doing yeah. it when Josh came in. And it led to a lot of open threes. And really, there was only two guys 
um, for Washington State that were knocking down threes, and it was uh, Powell and then Mullins. You know, mm. the the two the two guys on the court that looks like what they're there to do is shoot threes. If yes. we're going to read between the lines, and so that's where the defense was curious to me. But yeah, the offense was definitely slow, and the rebounding was was a problem. Yeah, I, maybe it's weird that I'm starting with the defense here because you see they held Washington State to 59 points. Um, and, and what I circle to to say, too, the defense, you're right, had great spurts. The beginning of the game where you hold Washington State to nine points in the first six minutes uh, and really ended their spurts in the in the finish of the game, too. Where you thought, all right, the defense steps up when it needs too late. But I, I again, I want to make note, Washington State shot 52 shots. 29 yes. of those were from three. And if you want to know how truly not good this team is at basketball, they are down by what? Four, six, like 45 seconds to go. And they held the ball. Yeah. They just held the ball. Like even Fran for is like, I, I don't, I don't really have words for this. And there were points where Fran made comments about and the Fran, defense. Fran always has words. So for him <laughs> yeah. to be speechless yeah. was an issue. Fran um, sometimes has too many words. My favorite part, I think, the whole night was at one point, one of the Washington State players fouls late and Fran goes, oh, must have been a miscommunication between him and the coach. Probably the language barrier. Hey, yeah. Fran, well, I don't think we can say that. Maybe like, it's yeah, nice, nice young man from France. Must be the language barrier. It's like, <laughs> what? Know. Well, and earlier in the game, he humble bragged about being 50 feet away yeah, from EJ's injury. And I was like, this is the strangest thing I've ever heard. It's like, um, I was there. I can, I can, I can corroborate it. It happened. I watched yeah, my own two eyes. Ah. Like we all know. Um, but no, so like from a Washington state standpoint, the scouting report that they like flashed on the graphic pregame was like Washington state analytics driven team shoot only threes and layups and it's like yes. okay cool that's what we saw and if they're showing the public this you know baylor knows that and so right, that's why right. some of the rotation things defensively i found were strange and some of the like over helping but really i mean if I'm, I'm just looking at the stats here on my other screen so they shot 29 threes like you said mm -hmm. um 16 of those came from those two guards i talked about powell and mullins and they made uh, seven of those 16. So that means that the rest of their team went three for 13, but they were still yeah. firing them up. Um, so it was an interesting game. It felt a little weird and disjointed, but I mean, ultimately Keontae righted the ship and, and steadied it for us. Yeah, Brandon, we are now going to use Keontae in the middle segment because this whole first segment became the why. I Again, it's Baylor wins the game, but I just... On paper and even the eye test from seeing this Washington State team play, you could tell they're not what Baylor is. This is not a team that Baylor should struggle with down the stretch. Washington State's not even a tournament team, and Baylor played them within six, effectively in Baylor's backyard. The Bears, you know, Scott Drew even said the first couple of press conferences, the ones that you and I were in too, that this is a team that's going to shoot. Baylor's going to shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, um, he and, said that's our identity. Yeah, he, he's like, look, he did not say we'll live and die by it, but he alluded to the fact that this team is going to live and die by it, and they almost died by it at 6 for 24 tonight. So you're seeing where <laughs> if this if this Baylor team does not shoot and make six more free throws than Washington State, that that's like the true difference in the game. It's a six-point game. You made six more three, free throws. That was that. The threes weren't falling, and it put you in really dangerous territory against a team that is not dangerous. Yeah, to, to speak about, and this 
we're unintentionally spinning this into a Washington State slander pod. Probably we have been really of, mean to Washington yeah, State. Yeah. We'll, we'll be mean to other teams and potentially Baylor if it's warranted, but we're just honest men on this pod. Um, Washington State's highest few, highest shot percentage came from the free throw line on the game where they oh. shot 58%. Oh, no. <laughs> to, to talk about how not good. You know what? I, you know what, I mean, this is where we're going. And so I think that's why I'm coming out of this game. Yes, the win is great. I'm going to go to the game Tuesday. It's going to be yeah. awesome. And then we're going to go into conference play. But I'm not feeling as good here yeah. at this point in the year as I did last year. And mm. and honestly, this will be like one last like stat I want to maybe talk about before we get to Keontae in the second segment. But we held them to 40% from the field, which is great. Like if you hold a team to 40%, you feel really good. However, we gave up 13 offensive rebounds. Like the rebounding has been a concern, I think, all year. And it's maybe a nature of it when we're playing a guard heavy lineup, but you still need to put a man on a man and at least box out, you know? So that that's another thing I think that kept Washington State in the game is just second chance opportunities. Yeah. Sorry that I complained about the defense for those who are like, oh, they only hold them to 59. I just, I, I really think that lowly of Washington State. And <laughs> the, I, I just do. And the fact that it looked the way it did at times I was like, where's the intensity? Where's the intensity? Um, yeah. that I, it looked a little more reminiscent of the games pre Gonzaga when he really felt like Baylor finally stepped it up in that game in South Dakota. Um, speaking of stepping it up, Brandon, I recently decided to step it up and join LinkedIn. I did. I created a LinkedIn profile here about a month and a half ago. Connect with me. I think that's how you do that. I think or follow or like or something. They're all on different platforms. I also, these are so bad. These headphones are so bad. Um, if you'd like to buy me headphones for Christmas that aren't these, please do it. I'm going to try to go back to the ones that aren't these. And if you want to do that, you can go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. You can go apply for the person, the, the, the position of the person that gets me new headphones. I'll create it right now. The purple hashtag hiring frame. It's easy to do. Create a free job hiring. And I have screening questions like, can you pick out the right headphones? Do they look as stupid as these? Do they look way cooler than these? If you say yes to the things that I want you to say yes to, it narrows them down. I can interview you. We can hire you. And right now, I can build the correct team to find me not bad headphones at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Number one in delivering quality hires against competitors. It is number one, by small businesses too. Number one rated by small businesses helps you find the qualified people you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college. Keep in mind the terms and conditions do apply. Uh, Brandon, when I go fishing, what do you think my favorite fish to fish for is? Uh, bass. Okay, great, great, great guess. When I go to buy milk, what do you think my preferred kind of milk to buy is? Whole. Okay. What was that? Uh, what's the show? It had Ron and a naked mole rat, something possible. Kim. Oh, uh, that's sorry. Right. So my favorite. Start again, start again, start again. My start again. favorite fish to fish for is? Him. Uh, it's a brim, but close. Oh. My favorite milk would be? Skim possible is kim meaning keontae george's him oh we got there yeah he that's is. that's you can't ask fishing questions to <laughs> to me <laughs> the other ones you led me there but yes keontae is him moral of the story i um I am Keontae George. That's it. I'm just going to change my Twitter handle. Um, not even trying to like steal his identity or anything. I just like that. Is, that is the energy that I want to manifest going into 2023. Like, what is your, what is your resolution? Oh, I am Keontae George. 
um, 19 points tonight. He was the catalyst in the second half that really felt like brought Baylor home. 12 points in the second half for George, led the team in scoring. By the way, the second leading scorer, Adam Flagler, had 12 points overall. Keontae George did that in the last 20 minutes. Um, he is a true freshman and used his takeover card in the second half when it mattered most. And I, I know that we've been talking about how good he's been all season, but this is another feather in a really loaded cap that makes me think Keontae George is the catalyst that could make this Baylor team a Final Four caliber squad. Yeah, and what I think is interesting is if you're looking at the numbers, the scoring jumps out at you, right? The the three for 11 from a three, a little bit of a cause for concern. A lot of those were conte- contested. I think I counted four that were in the last like five seconds of the shot clock when that offense got stagnant. So not as concerned about that at this point. Yeah. What I find incredibly, incredibly misleading is the three assists. He probably had seven assist worthy passes where there was yeah. a foul or a defense, you know, a, a, a teammate maybe missed a contested shot, but Keontae looked incredible. He created for people in ways that was just you can't quantify it really. I mean, I guess you can because they made the bucket two points, but there were so many times where he made other people better without having to score the ball. But when he decided, Oh, I'm going to score the ball. There was nothing that the opponent could do about it. I am. And I I just, I was like, you know what? I'll pull it up and see what, what he leads the team in. And Keontae does lead the team overall this season in points, rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. He's not on there at all. Um, I, and and I think that almost goes to me. He's the third leading scorer on the squad too, and he's not even second. It goes to me a little bit deeper into what you said. Like you, you can't necessarily quantify all the stuff that he does. He he might not be your leading scorer every night, but he still feels like the best player on this team. And and you're like, oh, Keontae George, the best player on this team. Well, yeah, he's he's like a top five draft pick. He's he's a yeah. he's a lottery draft pick this year. He he should be. Um, when he when it feels like all right, the game's in chance at this point. I, I like him having the ball. You can make the case for Cryer, certainly, and Flagler, certainly. But Keontae George feels like, dating back to Canada, is is him. He's the guy that I want taking complete control of the game because he has so many tools to the player. Yeah, and I, I think what's what's so intriguing about Keontae's game is it seems like when he makes the decision, I'm going to the rim, there is which also rhymes with him and Brim and Skim and et cetera, Kim. But when, it, when Keontae makes a decision, like I am going to the hole, I'm getting downhill and I'm getting mine. He's either getting fouled or he's finishing or both. And it's yeah. unbelievable. Like body control awareness within like that 10 foot range where the guys kind of gather. It's crazy. And his, his touch around the rim is just nuts. I I'm excited to see how he continues to grow. I also like that he has a little bit of that chirpiness to him. We haven't seen that from guys in the past. You didn't really see Jared Butler talk a lot. Um, you didn't really see last year. I mean, if you want to talk about like who our best player was overall, you think maybe it's Sohan start to finish. I mean, Flagler with injuries. But Keontae has that energy that he's going to bring, and it seems like it lifts the team energy up. It certainly does for us as fans, right? We're watching. He turns around and is talking to the scouts and the fans. It's pretty wild. Yeah, he's yelling, let's go at the bench and the fans and getting everybody going. Um, yeah. I, I'll clarify, too. I don't say that last, you know, fate of the world's on the line, who's going to take the shot? I want Keontae George. Uh, maybe you still put the ball in Flagler or Cryer's hands, but I, I want the ball to start in any given possession with Keontae George because his, like you said, his ability to see the floor, to pass, the, the inside-outside game, when he individually drives is impeccable. And you saw, I think it was the dunk, flow dunk in half, where Keontae drives, 
pulls the help side defender, flows wide open, and Keontae just, boom, bounce pass, drop it off, flow slams at home. Like, Keontae sees the court so well for a young guy. He is he is that guy for Baylor that is, like, if, if there's one player that I think, okay, if this guy got hurt, things could really turn south. To me, that is Keontae George. I agree. And I, I know you called out the flow pass, and I, I completely remember the play you're talking about. Flo's man had to help off. Keontae found him underneath the help defender. But my favorite play of the entire game was it was coming off of a possession where he went to the hole, he hung in the air, and he he went left, and he finished with his right off his off foot, which off foot, offhand shots are really difficult to convert. Um, and he went that same way or faked that same action in a pick and roll with Josh Ojinwuna. Josh rolled, Keontae stayed back over the top pass for an and one to Josh. And it's like he sucked the defense up, and the reason why Josh was fouled w- mm. was because they had to overhelp. And just a fun nugget, the guy Josh dunked on is Dennis Rodman's son, so that was cool as well. Uh, but, yes, to your point, if Keontae goes down, that's the guy where it's like we break glass, push the panic button, it's over. He's the engine of this team. And I think it's I think it's un- undeniable. Brandon, before we close everything out, the last segment, I, I really do want to hone in on we, – we've been mean a little bit to Washington State specifically, more so than Baylor, I think – um, I, I want to talk about some pieces and keys that, and, and we're learning every game. We're only 10 games into this season out of what could be, I think, you know, this could be a fourth of the games. Um, I, I've got some opening thoughts on Jalen Bridges and, and what we've seen in Caleb Lohner and guys like that. And I want to preview a little bit in Northwestern state because we'll see the single most famous basketball player to play in the Farrell center since Keontae George on Tuesday. Um, speaking of famous though, Brendan, I was actually shocked to find out that the most famous people in the world, like name a famous person right now in your head, name one famous person dead or alive. Okay. Now rename them. If they're dead, name it to a big, to an alive person. That person probably uses betonline.net. It's your number one source for all sports, betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And if you were thinking, um, Oh, what's his name? That's so, uh, so I had, he was, uh, he was in full house. He was uh, John Stamos. If you were thinking John Stamos, I was thinking John Stamos. And John Stamos most certainly uses BetOnline.net. It's got the latest odds. It's got all that. Trends. Every professional amateur league, basketball, World <laughs> World Cup it had. And, and four years from now, get ready. Uh, they've got it all. So if you love sports, podcasts even, BetOnline is where you need to go. The best betting info and everything else. Mobile device. Head there. Mobile device. you got it in your hand right now. Do it. BetOnline. It is truly where the game starts. Brandon, where I hope the game doesn't start... Um, is with a Jalen Bridges three. I love Jalen Bridges. I yeah. think he I think he adds a lot to this team. This is not a dog Jalen Bridges. He's bad at basketball. Bench him. But, and I know he makes him in practice, but something happens when he steps in a game and anything behind the arc, we, we whoa, it's, it's not going too hot right now. It's not right now, and I'm going to defend him. So you and I might be dichotomous on this take a little bit. Please do. Um, also, I'm, I might be biased. He was one of my favorite guys that I interviewed. I think he's a really great dude. But he had a tremendous three-point percentage in high school, a great three-point percentage of West Virginia. Yeah. And in the first four or five games this year, he shot the ball really well. So you see shooters going to slumps. I think it's just very drastic and seen because of how many three-pointers this offense shoots. And so it's like Keontae, LJ, Adam – to some extent, Langston, like 
Dale, when these guys are hitting them at such a high clip, I think Jalen's struggles stick out. But what Jalen gives you, and I mean, you alluded to this, what he gives you defensively, setting good screens, crashing yeah. the offensive glass. He's a tremendous passer. Like he makes great additional passes um, and the energy that he brings on defense rebounding, which we talked about as an issue. He rebounds. Well, I don't think you can sit him and I know it's not where you're going, but yeah, the three point struggles have been tough, but in a way I almost trust the coaching staff to help him get out of it. I think I, I truly feel this is probably dumb, but I feel like it's like that damn right. And the water. Oh, whoa! Just, you mean I think you mean darn, but yes. No, the water, the water oh, feature. Oh, but yeah. yes, that that water feature with the wall that mm-hmm. rhymes with ham, and a lot of rhymes on the show today. And when <laughs> you know, there's like a small crack, and the pressure's going through, going through, going through. And he sees one go in, that thing's going to come down. I think he's going to shoot above thirty percent by the time the year's over. I do. Yeah, you saw LJ go through a bit of that earlier this year. We were like, oh boy, we're like, you know, shots just kind of off. And for Jalen, the, the problem is he's not going to get the same volume of shots as Keontae exactly. or Adam. Or So if you're trying to shoot yourself out of a slump, it's really tough to do. And if you miss your first three, the odds of you getting another one the rest of this game are probably pretty low. That's tough to work your way out of as a big man. Uh, you know, me, I, I played a couple seasons of intramurals now. Um, and as the forward, the first three that you miss, it's like, all right, well, I can't shoot any more of those. And I know it's doesn't, that's not universal, but it feels like for a big guy, you start missing one or two. And especially when you're seeing LJ Cryer knocking them down, like it's, it's going out of style. That's got to put so much pressure on a guy like Jalen Bridges and dealing with that in the midst of, of a slump can't be easy. I've got confidence in him, but man, when's it going to click? Tuesday against Northwestern State. No, I I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's tough. It's tough to pinpoint, right? And I I think the biggest trust and belief I have in it is when you listen to Jalen, anybody that's talked to Jalen, it's like one of the hardest workers on the team, like 100%. Um, And so it's not for lack of working on that. Like everybody that is within that program is a smarter basketball mind than you and I and have better. And like we've said, better access to tape. Like they're able to pinpoint what's happening. So I think it's, I truly think it's going to be the first three hits in a game. He's like monkeys off my back where like, let's just play basketball. Like it's almost like he's thinking, you know what I'm saying? And like, I think as soon as he starts hooping, stops thinking, he'll be fine. Here's what's interesting about the game between Baylor and, and Washington State. Flo Thamba outscores LJ Cryer, uh, which is not going to happen very many times this season. Uh, Langston Love is outscored by Josh and Ojuwuna. Josh outscores LJ okay. Cryer, by the way. Um, Josh Josh looked great. I we, thought Josh. We haven't, we haven't spoken highly enough. Josh looked great. but Flo, Josh right. and Flo both. I thought both those guys looked really good on the boards. Uh, and scoring and I'm like just a presence Josh has become a big presence defensively especially where guys are afraid to go up against him and as as good as those two guys played LJ doesn't have his best night and Baylor still wins which is a great sign but I, I more so circled Dale um, Langston and Caleb this was the first time that those three guys who I thought have been such great supplemental pieces for the team have all three not been at their best still good that Baylor got the win but as much praise as I've given, especially to Dale and Caleb, it was interesting to see them look a little a little funkier than usual. Uh, and then coming off of his best career performance, you didn't see the the Langston that we got in the last game. Yeah, it was strange. So 
I, ESPN and, and the box scores websites that I've been looking at haven't updated the minutes, but it seems like, oh, well, they just did, as I said that. Yes. Um, I'm very, I was very confused why Langston only got 11 minutes of run. True. Yeah. Like yeah. that was really strange. And then Caleb and Dale both had 18 minutes of run. I, it was really, it was really odd. I felt like they were just so heavy on the, the starters because it was such a tight game that they almost didn't mm. get the chance to produce. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not, again, I, I was raising the alarm in the first segment. Maybe I've calmed down a bit since, <laughs> since the game ended, but I'm not as concerned about the bench. I'm really not like my concern is rebounding execution on defense. And if you do do the, do those two things, the offense is going to come. I really believe that. Uh, wow. I'm glad to see that like self-realization toward the end of the show. Like, man, in the last 20 minutes, I'm starting to feel better now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm good. I think, I was just shell shocked in the first four minutes by your headphones. We're going to bring this full oh, circle, and now I'm good. Yeah, I was. Look, Baylor didn't cover, and you and I talked pre pre game that if Baylor doesn't cover, we're coming for heads. We are. We did. And, we did. And we say had that. to by obligation, uh, Brandon. Before we close it out, Northwestern State coming to town on Tuesday. There's a guy. Hey, look, his whole persona and personality is not the fact he has one arm, but he only has one arm, and he plays college basketball, and it's really really cool, and he's playing in the Farrell Center. Yeah, Hansel and Manuel. So look him up on Instagram, um, Hansel and Manuel. And he is he's awesome. Like he is a certified bucket. Like he was a highly rated high school recruit, kid from the Dominican Republic. He literally has one arm. He has 1.6 million followers on Instagram, huge NIL athlete, but also like one of the more athletic guys in college basketball. Like his high school highlights, he'll dunk on everybody. He can shoot. Like, I'm really excited to see him play. He doesn't play a ton of minutes for them. He is a true freshman still. But I'm going to the game to watch him in warm-ups, to, like, to, yeah. to see him. He is a presence, and it's a really, really cool story in college basketball. And also to see the Bears play one more game in person uh, before the new year. Will Baylor win? Please say yeah. Hansel might go for 50. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I think Baylor's going to win. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think it'll be another one of those. I mean, it's our last it's our last game before conference play. I think you're going to yeah. see Drew play funky lineups. Potential. It's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to line up experiment or he's going to say, these are my eight, nine dudes. These are who's playing. And he's going to treat it like a conference game. I think it could lean more that way in the mm. first and like first half of the second half. And then we'll probably see some some of the other bench guys get some run. Well, Brandon, before we close, I, I want to make note of the fact that this is the second straight podcast we've done together. Friday, no show Friday because China Spring was in the state championship, which they, they won, by the way. So this is a new record for us. We got a good little streak going. We do. We do. It's like either a streak on the Bible app or Snapchat streak, whatever your favorite social media streaks are. This should be your new one. Yeah. This the streak by Ray one. Stevens, any streakers at Fields, Janet Jackson that one time in the Super Bowl. All your favorite streaks. We are kind of like right there up with them. Um, yeah. Brandon, if people want to find your stuff, because I know you've been doing a lot of cool stuff, where can they get your stuff? Yeah, so everything that I do, I tweet out um, at Brandon underscore Mac. Everything is on our Daily Bears website. Uh, next week, I sat down with Flo Thamba for like 30 minutes. So that'll be coming out, which will be really great. Um, and then the following week, last week of December, I also spent about 30 minutes with Dale Bonner just talking life with both those dudes. Um, that'll be coming out as well. But our Daily Bears basketball coverage is the best in the game uh, for Baylor. And so definitely go check us out. It is the best in the game. I mean, I, look, I, I'm trying. I'm trying, Brandon. I'm no, close. no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I, I can I'm be biased. second best in the yeah. game. Fine. Um, it's just objective at this point. No, I'm Drake Tolf. Sports, 
from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Well, most of it. That is Brendan McKinnon from Our Daily Bears. Um, to p- get along real well, man. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Go make Our Daily Podcast your second listen every day. It's it's interesting. It's not a daily podcast. It's not, but it's, it's not appropriately it's, named, <laughs> right? But it's a great podcast nonetheless, and probably my favorite Baylor podcast. What does that say about me? It says this has been, always will be. Come back tomorrow. We talk about a big transfer in the Baylor football program, out of the Baylor football program, and a guy coming in, a couple offensive linemen, unlocked on Baylor.